Hi and welcome to today's podcast. It's Tuesday, July 20th. Um, we're very glad. Hold on. I was going to say, um, forgive the internet interruption. Damn autoplay ads. I didn't think it was going to start as soon as we started, but I'll <laughs> pull that article back up. I'd like to uh, thank everybody from... From, for coming back from the from the edge of space, from their near space journey, so that they can enjoy the podcast. We appreciate it. We may not be as good as space, but we're more entertaining. Maybe not. And we last longer because I was on the treadmill. I was texting you. I don't. I wish I ran and didn't like carbs. It would make. Being at a weight I'm completely satisfied with a lot easier. Um, I'll walk for days. I just don't like running. And people who like to run, who get that runner's high, I envy them a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I used to run. And it's really nice when you get your stride. Like when you start and you're really tired and then you get into your stride, you feel really accomplished. Um, can we start with the space stuff? I want to ask you about your, your trying on of wedding dresses. But can we start with space stuff? Yeah, um, Whitey on the moon. Uh, <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I I didn't think, that, first of all, uh, we agreed this morning that, like, there are a lot of problems on Earth that Jeff Bezos's millions, billions, could solve very easily. But um, as I might have sent you the tweet from a sports writer that I like, he's like, the answer to a lot of our problems some now, but the ones that will come and the ones that maybe we haven't been able to solve for decades um, is in the technology that he took to space and lots of problems that we're going to encounter or questions that we really want answers are beyond space. Yes. So yeah, I, the big I mean, is beso- Besides me making fun of it, I do still think that like it's extremely right. important. Like I'm all about it. You know, I love space. Um, yeah. So I'm all about it. But I at the same time, like I understand the you know what I mean? The the snide remarks that come out when it's like, you know, I, I, I think I sent it to you or maybe I didn't. Maybe I sent it to Thomas. But and that's an age old problem that was there during the space race. And it's you know, it's here now. So well, the space race was all about nationalism and national pride. Yeah, uh, because if there was no russia at the time that we were racing to space it wouldn't have happened um sorry i just let pete out of his crate yeah that's fine um that's why that happened that's for the same reason like i'm not so hot on the olympics anymore because it's a much more globally connected world and there isn't necessarily i mean there is a big bad guy um the you know, China's not all, the Chinese government's not all that great. There's there's Putin problems, but that doesn't mean I want to see like our American athletes run those countries' athletes into oblivion. Like we're all in this right. together, right? So right. Us- usually things are for like nationalistic pride. But when you have private business, private businessmen doing this, it's a little different. But I thought this was. I mean, I enjoyed all the jokes and the humor. And look. I am not about being mean to people. I've tried yeah. to make sure that I'm. We're, we're very careful with our words when we're being critical. But if there's somebody who you want to hurl all the internet idiocy at, Jeff Bezos is the one. Because look, money can't necessarily <laughs> solve your problems. 
Um, but when you have billions, when you're the richest person on the planet, I think billions can help with some people being mean on the internet to you. Yeah, it's just hard to watch the battle of the billionaires, I think. Like, I think that that's what it comes down to. It's just, it get, you, you, like, you know what I mean? It's just a little eye roll, the battle of the billionaires. I, like, I mean it when I said that, like, somebody's not going to make it. And you know what I mean? Like, at some point, somebody's not going to make it. But what, you know, but at the, at the same time, there will be a lot of new experiences and, like, it'll take us to the next level. So I get it. I, I have poked the most fun at, hang on. It's near space. It's like not in space. <laughs> the edge of space. Yeah, and the something sphere that. So yeah, and again, I thought it was gonna last. Much like every woman has ever said with sex, I thought it was gonna last a lot longer. But then I realized, like, they literally just went up there, rang the bell, and came back down. Yeah, yeah, literally. So I appreciated all the humor, and I thought this was. Uh, I thought this was like some kind of parody. This is 1,000% real. I'm going to play this for you. Um, <laughs> do you know what it is? No, no. Okay, I, I gotta pl- you're going to bounce back into yourself um, so I can feed this in. But listen to this. Mm-hmm. And then I also I want to thank uh, every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all of this. <laughs> So, seriously, for every Amazon customer out there and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. And then... Oh, uh, shut the fuck up. Is that Jeff Bezos? Is that what he sounds like? Yes! Did you know that before? Have we ever heard him speak before? No, and he's wearing a cowboy hat, too. Oh, no. When he said that, how many ever people were watching, Amazon employee or not, we have all bought something from Amazon. It was the biggest shut the fuck up in unison ever. (laughs) I am so, like, it's almost like a movie. It reminds me of, like... I remember in Along Came Polly when like Ben Stiller was the risk management person and he worked for some billionaire who was like, oh yeah, like I'm going to go swim with sharks. Oh my God. Forget about that. The fact that he thanked employees and customers because they paid for it. Yeah. That's saying the quiet part out loud. But you know what? When you have like $147 billion and in the time, what was it? Like 15, 18 minutes, he lifted off and landed he made more money than probably every toledo and we'll see combined in their lifetime <laughs> i don't love oh my god that's so just it's right on brand for him though like first i don't think that i remember ever hearing him speak before but now that he has opened his mouth and said what he said he's essentially confirmed everything that a lot of us thought in that you know, some of these billionaires are just dickheads. But you, when you're a... Are you saying you can be that because you're a billionaire? I disagree. Not you can, but I understand it more. Like, he's different from most billionaires because, like, he's the richest man on the planet. Mm. So, look, I, I it wouldn't be me. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't agree, but I understand. Like, he is... So far removed from the average person, like the distance he went from the ground to space, Uh like 
he is the distance from the ground to Pluto removed from the average person and their mm. everyday life. So I understand it. Sure. I get it. Um, let me play something else for you because I find this rather funny. And it's if I'm if I'm the former president, I'm like, whoa, wait a second. I thought we were boys. So um, hopefully I don't have to scroll through much of this. But here we go. Here today uh, to congratulate and welcome uh, to the White Hat from me. Cause. Could have won, um, as the president alluded to. Um, but we found our rhythm. We got on a roll. Not a lot of people, uh, you know, think that we could have won. And um, in fact, I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won. I understand that. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. Yeah. And personally, you know, it's nice for me to be back here. We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what down it was. I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing. And they started calling me Sleepy Tom. <laughs> Why would they do that to me? Um, we're not going to throw this. Speaking of another person who is completely disconnected from the average human being, Tom Brady and uh, the team, the Buccaneers visit to the White House. But did you catch the Donald Trump shot? I heard, yeah, I heard him say 40% of people still don't think we've won. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't know who that was until he made, a, he said that he missed a down and I was like, wait, what? Oh, I know who this is. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's some good humor. I appreciate that. Uh, so how was, and I'm glad that I, it was hard to communicate with you today after a certain point. I was glad you, it seemed like you had a very busy day trying on wedding dresses. How did it go? Um, it was exactly how I thought it would go. So I went to, I won't name names of the salons cause I don't want to like trash them, but, um, or, you know, but I, I went to one salon, um, this morning, I had an appointment this morning and I was really nervous. I was nervous yesterday. I had maybe a difficult time sleeping and then I was nervous, really nervous this morning. And we went and we got there and it was actually very cool because it was a, it's by appointment only and we were the only people there. So there was no one else um, there, just us. So it was like we had the salon to ourselves and we got, you know, it was just like we got that attention. Um, and it was exactly as I expected. Like I'm a plus size person. I'm a size 16. That's pretty average. Um, if you, I think that like size 16, 14, 16 is your average American female size, um, by numbers, like by data. And, um, all of the dresses that were there were like size eights and size 12. You just cut out. Sorry, my mom called me. Um, all of the dresses there were like size eights or size 12s. And so, um, and, uh, and it's hard to explain, but imagine you buying a suit and say you're like a size 12, right? But you all dress clothes in men's and suits and men's always run like two to three sizes up. So while I'm a size 16, I really have to order a size 20, right? So then trying on a size 12 is literally impossible. And that was really what happened when I was there. I, we pulled probably a dozen dresses and I could only get on and realistically realistically look at about four of them so there, there was i could only get those many on and they had like inclusive sizes for plus size brides but it was all like the styles that were just not me if that makes any sense sure you'd uh, so 
you, you Go think ahead. by now uh, the bridal industry would make more dresses for the average American. Um, yeah. Like a lot of uh, clothing lines and stores have adjusted and made bigger sizes more widely available for both men and women. It, you're like... You're not going to find, so for every, you know, dress that they have in like an ordinary size, I feel like they should have one in like an 18 or a 20, you know, so that they have one that is, and that would be too big for me, but it's, but it's still something that I could put on and we can clip and then I can fit um, and get an idea of what it looks like. I'm not like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm not giving them a hard time or anything like that. And it wasn't even disheartening while I was there. You think it would be like, you would think it would be. But it just wasn't. And I think the and that was because the um, person working at that salon was so kind. And like she was just she was she got me like she understood. She understood me because she herself was like my size. So she understood. And so it was just like a nice experience. I was worried because literally I was like boobs out. Like when you called and said, are you naked? I actually was <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's like, yes, I just couldn't answer my phone. So um, literally like my boobs were out. I was having to like hop into dresses to try to get them to kind of pull them up. So I was just bouncing all over the place. Um, and it still, it, you know, it did not take me out if that makes any sense. I did go to one other salon that I knew was going to have more sizes for me, like more options for me to try on that were a couple sizes too big so that I can be clipped into them. And um it they did so we went and got lunch we went over to the venue so i could show michelle and um it they did they in fact had a number of other dresses and shockingly enough i like rang the bell and found my dress congratulations (laughs) and i was like it's such a weird feeling i and i don't think that i'm an emotional person i'm definitely not your basic bitch that's gonna like wears Ugg boots, drink Starbucks and cry when she finds her wedding dress. And I did like a, good, good I God. cried, I bawled like a baby and so did Michelle and so did my mom and so did the consultant helping us. And I tried on this dress. So again, like it, what was so important was that I found something that was me, that said me because wedding dresses are very girly and sometimes they can be traditional and you look like a Disney princess. And I wanted to look like a Disney villain, like if that makes any sense. Yeah. So um, it was hard for me to find something that screamed me. And when I found it, apparently like nobody has tried it on in that store in almost a year. And I don't think anybody has bought that one out of the store. So all of the staff from the store came out to see me in it. And the general manager came out to see me in it. And it was just like they literally I had like four different women finding me a veil finding the attachments, finding me a belt, getting me shoes, holding, putting my shoes on. Like it was insane. You adopted adopted the dog nobody wanted at the shelter. I did. I did. But I I guess it was like, and nobody wants it because they were scared. So I'll send it to you if you want to see it. But like nobody wanted it because they're not, I guess she said they weren't brave enough to wear it, which is ironic because the challenge that I had in a previous store is that I was plus size. And the only dresses that fit me were very conservative. And this one was, is not conservative at all. So, um, is yeah, there, is it there was any video interesting. Of, of you tearing up? I'd like to see that. I don't think so, but I'll send you the picture, but guard it with your life Okay. and don't show anyone. Um, how much does a wedding dress cost? 
Um, this one is going to cost me about fifteen hundred. Is that a good price or a bad price? It is a very good price because my good. budget was three thousand. So Excellent. the salon I was in, I was floating around three thousand. And mind you, I just sent you the picture. The picture, the size that I'm wearing is two sizes too big. Oh, that's a great smile. I like that. I like when your little <laughs> when your little chipmunk dimples come out. <laughs> You can't see my eyes that well because of my face because I'm smiling so hard. Do you uh, like it? Yeah, I don't see villain, but I also don't see like traditional wedding dress. I like how it's sheer and there's a design for the majority of the body. I like this a lot. So what you can't see is like where my feet is. That's all like leg. So it's it has a bodysuit underneath. And I'm going to pray to God that Thomas doesn't listen. There's a bodysuit underneath and that's it like a swimsuit really so like when i move around you see everything which i like congratulations so don't put that don't put this in the description of the podcast that way he won't think to look at it got all, all right good to know because yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> i solicited some insight yesterday and everyone was against me selling my home um although i kind of convinced my dad to tell me to take 50 grand uh but it was a painful conversation but i'm having the guy who called me yesterday uh come by tomorrow at 11 o'clock and i had a uh, i actually looked him up on facebook he's a bit of a he's a nerd so Ooh. if anything he'll enjoy the uh the transformers but i'm not expecting much out of it um but yeah the guy who wants to buy my house let him come over and see and somebody even I asked a lot of people and somebody else even said, if you're going to do that, you might as well just list it yourself and like yeah. list it and see if you can get it. Cause, um, the, the, the realtor is just a salesperson. He wants to make some money. So might as well like put it out there for people to bid on it. So that's true. That's true. There is like a 10% chance of me doing something like selling the place, moving all that nonsense. Although there is right. a condo in the neighborhood, but um, I I just think I would be dumb to not explore the possibility and try to thread the needle of okay if I make. So I did the math and I was like, there's fifty nine left on my mortgage. Let's say uh, let's say I I come away from this one hundred and forty five. Um, blah, 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 blah. so there's like ninety left. And if I want to put 50 in the bank, so that leaves me 40 to get everything done into a new house that would make me happy. Sure. Possible. Un probably unlikely. We're improbable in the current state of buying houses and even renting. Right. But, um, I just wanted to do the math for myself. So the dude will come over tomorrow. You know, that's that. Very good. So you so you said people were against it then? You did like a poll? I spoke to some friends, like in I spoke to my friend Ashley. Like I said, it was like trying to bend my it was trying it was like trying to get my dad to lick his elbow. <laughs> um and everybody was against it. So I see. All right. Well, I'm not against it. I'm just indifferent. Do what you want to do. Right. Um Yeah. I, I tried to filter it through. What's the lowest number I would be a total dumbass for not accepting? And uh, 40. I was thinking like 75. Okay. 40 or 50 for me, but that's, I mean, it, but I don't know your personal, right. like, you know what I mean? That, that would, it would be up to you to say. Amanda was giving me the, um, 
you know, people change when they get money route. I'm like, no, no, no. Like that, that's like, this is a check that goes into my savings or to be invested to trim off like five years of my career. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Not, not to spend on anything. Absolutely. Agreed. So, um, all right. Uh, we don't have to go too long today. We don't have to go too much longer at all. But let's talk about this uh, this crime stuff. So, the mayor <laughs> held a press conference today, and now they're going to get aggressive with the illegal after-hours clubs. So, your after-hours partying days are over, Miss Thomas. And uh, uh, what after-hours are they going to get rid of? Are they going to like spotlight or? He listed these in a press conference oh. today. So, these are like off-the-books places. And it's the kind of thing where they know that they, they know these places exist and they, they go on. But it's almost like the kind of thing where I relate it to when I was doing um, when I was at Temple University and I'd go to frat parties and mm-hmm. there was like there was no of age drinking happening in those places. And there's hundreds of kids. And I, I reasoned that if. They're in there drinking. They're not out in the streets being idiots. So, you know, the authorities were okay with it. But when Uh it becomes a problem, which these places have become, then the metal comes down. Then you, then you get shut down. So that's, uh, that's where I think it is. There was a list of these places and and there were just like intersections, like it's here and here and here and here. And and even in the press conference, the mayor's like, these are, these are being illegally operated. There's nothing legal about them. But when you when you become a problem, that's when that's when you get roughed up a bit by the authorities, and you bring it on yourself. And I well, spoke I spoke to a police friend of mine today, um, and he did not want to comment on any of my Facebook posts. But he's like, "You're right." He's like, "This is all gang stuff." Yeah. So I I, I keep getting messages. By the way, I apologize. It's I okay. I did not realize that they were illegally operated, and yeah. it's difficult. I mean, it's like it reminds me of when you're down, you're, when you're at the bars that are like downtown, and the bartender's like, "No, bro, I'm not giving you another drink because I'm responsible for you." Like it's the same thing, except it's not drinks; it's crime, it's fighting, it's bringing guns in the bar, it's you know what I mean, causing a problem. I don't know how the owners like spot that or the staff spot that and stop it but it, you do have a responsibility for wh- how people act in your bar and yeah. like what kind of attention comes and what the negatives that happen from people that are attending your bar so um i don't i don't disagree it's we just yeah it's unfortunate i, I like it's gonna suck because if some of these bars do close then where people are still have to go somewhere to drink so where are they gonna go you know but start to integrate into some of the others it's a good point because if they're going to be out at 4 a.m., I mean, stay in your homie's house or something. So here's the some of the quotes. We're cracking down on after-hours establishments. These are totally off the books. They don't have permits. They have not been inspected. They're illegal and unlawful in every way. We're doing everything we can to make sure places like this do not exist. Um, the mayor said the public should not be going to such after-hours locations while he's asking the communities to report them. He highlighted six other locations in addition to the Telegraph location, 930 Hamilton Street, 3325 Elm, 613 Magnolia, 3413 Monroe, 5742 Telegraph, 1034 West Sylvania. Um, and again, this is... I, I I have no fear as an average citizen. Like the the big thing that should be seriously concerning people right now is someone stealing your catalytic converter, which mm-hmm. is very easy and I guess very easy for these people to make money off of. This again is not where the average citizen is in any kind of danger. Sure, 
times are tense and places that might not normally get held up, you might be in some of that. But this is mostly gang activity. And I'm going to guess for the most part, when there are gang situations, um, you know, they, they, those are not like nine to five people. They don't have good jobs. Right. They wouldn't be in gangs. So things are even more challenging for them and things get more problematic. The pandemic again has been the great amplifier. So none of this is, is uh, unexpected. And I guess that's the only thing that you can get on cities who are all enduring this. Detroit, Chicago, Philadelphia, Toledo. If you're a city, you know, your murder rates and your gun violence are up. But it is, for the most part, contained to the communities where it has unfortunately always been problematic. And that's why I credit the city for doing everything they can to keep kids busy this summer. And the mayor said, you know, these solutions are going to take a while because the people that are already in gangs, um, as my friend told me, like, and, and the neighbor, I think I mentioned it on the podcast last week where something happened. Like, nobody's ratting anybody out. And yeah, Cardi Finkbeiner wants to throw a bunch of money at those people. And some people might come forward with information. But for the most part, um, you're, there's not going to be a rat. If not, you yeah. know, as my friend told me, the police would handle this stuff but you know the neighborhood doesn't talk so all, yeah. the best you can do is keep kids who could potentially wind up in these things like choke off the recruitment of these gangs and get these kids in in better places and give them some some job training and opportunities like that and they're out there and there are some things in cardi's 10 point plan which i'll i'll throw at you for your opinion um, that makes some sense that could be done because there is all that that COVID relief money just sitting there. Maybe my idiotic idea of like creating a text line. Hey, man, I'm about to shoot somebody. You got that 500 bucks? You got it. Put the gun down. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't think that they're going to just as much as they're not going to tell, like they're not going to snitch. Like you're not going to find that. You're also going to not, you're not going to find people that are going to um, sell their guns, like the gun buyback. That's that's right. definitely, that's not going to happen. Um you know, and so, and also like, um, making what, are, what are Saturday night specials? Shame on me for not knowing. Do you know? <laughs> I think it's I should old, know. I think it's an old gang term. I should know considering who I share a bed with, but I don't know. So maybe I will ask him, but, um, Wait, hold on. Ask Thomas. Cause I am curious. He's uh, not here, but I will ask Thomas because Cardi's ideas is throwing money at, at these problems. And we do have a lot of money. So, Ask Thomas, or maybe he knows somebody, like, let's say you're a gang member, and you're not all the way in, but this is just, this is all you know. How much mm-hmm. money do I have to pay to take your gun off the street for you to be okay? Like, what's the number, like, just with, like we talked about with my house. Is it 500 Is it 3000 Is it $5,000 for you to take that gun? And at what point does the city go, just go, no, no deal, that's too much. There's got to be a number. I, I, there probably is, but I don't think it's going to be something that's a one time. Like, I think it's something that's going to be 300 a week for, you know what I mean? X amount of 300 every few weeks, like a job. Like it's, it's going to reflect something that is co- consistent and that is, that is dependable compared to just like one time so that we can then like use our poor finance skills or, or be fiscally irresponsible and, you know, spend it on something and then it's gone. And then you're back to square one. Like it's, it's, it's going to, I don't know. There's no simple solution, but it's, and it's going to be really challenging. But I do think like, 
you know, even when you're, if you're somebody going out to the schools to tell them how, and I've said this again, like, you know, you can get, go into school to become a welder and it's going to take you this much time when you go in, just how they explain to be a police officer, getting into the academy, you get paid while you're in the academy. And then when you're out of the academy, you get paid here. This is all you have to do. And there's a recruiting team that goes out and tries to engage with people, but the same thing for other kind of jobs, like other kind of, um, trade style jobs where you can really see it and visualize it and easily make it happen. Um, that would take you right out of, um, you know, potentially going to the streets instead. Um, I don't know. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I was trying to Mm -hmm. pull up this, this link and it's going to autoplay. Um, so one of the things I was going to say is we're going to take you out the streets and mm-hmm. we're going to give you job training. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the Jawan Armor thing and the violence interrupters is going to work. I mm-hmm. don't know if they've hired anybody. It's been too quiet in a very opportune time to take advantage mm-hmm. of this and interrupt violence. Maybe he is working in silence sure. to gain cooperation and trust. I totally respect that. But I would have liked to hear a little bit more maybe success with this so far. I think it's the right way of going about things. I don't think, I think it's 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 a better short and long-term plan. I think it's a better medium-term and long-term plan than buying your way out of trouble because you're not changing the person. That person will just take the money like you said. And maybe they misspend it. Maybe they try to give themselves a better life. But maybe they, in all, in all likelihood, they don't and they wind up in the same spot with another weapon. It would be worth it for the, for Juwan and the city to kind of have maybe um, a scheduled meeting where city leaders and, you know, concerned community members can come together and they can kind of go over some of the updates that they have since he started. So some of the things that they've seen, some of the avenues in which they see that they may try to help, but something that maybe they don't invite the media for, I think it's going to be really smart for him to move in silence because otherwise it's just uh, the city of Toledo patting themselves on the back. Look at what we're doing to stop crime in our city. Look at what we're, you need to like, again, we can sniff that shit out from a mile away. So he does need to move in silence, but it would be worth it at least once a quarter for there to be some sort of something that we can attend where we can learn what he's experiencing, what they're finding and what their goals are. It doesn't, we don't need to know like gang, gang names or like, it's just for, it's good PR um, for even if it's like a 10 minute update. So let me throw some of uh, Cardi's things at you and I won't read Mm -hmm. the whole thing. Uh, Curfew for kids. Mm -mm. How come? Because it's another way for kids to get in trouble. They're not going to follow a curfew. And it's just another way for kids to get in trouble. And you'll end up like, I don't know, like, just like I say, you know, maybe we don't need a stronger law enforcement presence. I mean, other than the improvements that are already needed, you don't want to add another barrier by trying to curb crime and adding another barrier for the kids in the community. And that seems very problematic as well, uh, Mm -hmm. because the I don't know if this makes me sound like like the uh, well. Then only the criminals will have the guns, guy. But the good kids are already abiding by that, and mm-hmm. even if they live in a troubled neighborhood, their parents or, or mom or dad, whoever it is, are getting them home. 
The kids yeah. that are going to violate the curfew are going to violate the curfew. Right. Uh, next up, bringing in the police department, the sheriff's office, the uh, Ohio State Patrol, and ATF. <laughs> ATF. Like, that's a non-starter. Like, you're not just yeah. getting it. Like, they're all busy. Yep. Um, passing anti-gun legislation. Yeah, that's the Saturday Night Special. Um, I guess it got vote. What I don't know what that is. Uh, put a gun buyback program in place. Use the money. Pay double, double or triple the amount. Again, I'm curious to see if Thomas can give us a number of like, what would take a gun off the street and get that person going in the good dire- in a better direction. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he would be willing to hop on one day and have a conversation about it because he does make some really good points. Like he taught me you know, why people would not want to sell back their guns. Like, my opinions of that completely changed based on how he explained it to me, which I d- didn't even, I would never have thought of because I didn't come from that, you to know, that, so. To that exact point, I'm sure one of those things was, I can't sell you my gun because you can give me five grand and I that doesn't protect me from where yes. I live. Exactly. Next exactly. up, employee a youth in city cleanup and beautification efforts. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yes. If I'm the mayor, I'm stealing some of these. Um, double or triple the uh, re- reward money for solid data leading leading to arrests. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if you got the money, fine. I just don't know. I just don't know how many rats that's going to make. Right. Yep. How many uh, people that's going to be put in danger. Uh, encourage more block watch groups. That mm. Block watches might just be, first of all, if anybody's ever seen a Facebook neighborhood watch group, they're pointless. They're probably more trouble than they're worth. And block, they are. And block watches might be a remnant of a time before because yes. I don't know how many people socialize with their neighbors anymore in traditional ways. It's not like yeah. we're out in the neighborhoods. And I, I mean, people do this, but it's not like the 80s and 90s where we're not on our computers and in front of Netflix all night. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're not going to a block watch. is. You're right. It's more trouble than it's worth, especially some of the ones that I've seen. Um, and the conversations that I've certainly seen within our uh, little town. Drop well. boxes at fire stations where people can leave info about public safety. Safety, Maybe um, Jen and I heard something about that, like at Woodward. They had some kind of like a tattletale box or whatever. And it didn't work because they got a lot of false information or lies. Mm. So it could be a waste of time. Meet with the judges to make sure people are held accountable. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, United, and then just supports police officers. My my officer friend didn't tell me that Cardi was responsible and was quick to cut the police force back during tough times after the uh, the, the recession, and that's not a great look. And no. I get it. Maybe back then you didn't need the officers, but um, that's always something that needs to maintain status quo because one way or another. Um, crime might be under control at one point, but it's like, it's cyclical. It will come back around and you're handcuffing people in the future, which is kind of where we are now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'm the opposite of you. I don't love a lot of these points, even down to the beautification because it's just. Wait, I think, no, we're on the same page. Like some of them, are. some of these have like good, like the curfew. Again, I think it's kind of pointless. Um, yeah. What you something in oh they wanted there was one in there I might have skipped where um, have more police presence in these neighborhoods and I'll let you say why that's a terrible idea. I I mean I just it <laughs> the relationship between the community and police isn't great so increasing right. more opportunities for that tumultuous relationship to develop just is 
is going to put both parties in danger and it's just not necessary. I think you need to find a better way to police before you add in more police. And um, I, I trust Chief Crawl to be able to do that. So it's certainly not like shitting on Toledo police by any means. But um, yeah, adding in more opportunities for, you know, people to have a record or for I'm thinking of like when they thought stop and frisk was a great idea. And then we figured out how terrible that was 10 years after. You know what I mean? And so we, we certainly don't want to end up with something like that. Yeah, I, we, just, I, we just don't. I completely agree. I completely agree. It's adding gas to a very fiery situation. Yeah. And yeah. like the mayor said, and I didn't even read that story, but it's going to take a while for this to calm down. And as life does get more back to normal, this will recede all over just naturally. But yeah. yes, choke off um, gangs and criminals access to younger people so that there is a lesser generation of criminals because those kids have been a part of the neighborhood. They got ice cream from, you know, TPD community policing. Um, they have better relationships. They, sure. they they have job skills. Yeah. So I just, I, I think the other piece, they, they have all of those things. If you remember on a podcast before, you know, I said that like incentivizing some of these homeowners or those people that are living in these homes to fix up their home. So it's like there's a consultant that comes by and says, hey, we see that your fence is falling over. The city will give you X amount of dollars and provide a contractor's list for you to use if you're willing to fix up this fence. You pay the contractor, but we give you the money and then some. You know what I mean? So po paying them over the amount it would cost, incentivizing contractors to want to be a part of cleaning up the community. That way it doesn't look like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't look it would look like any other neighborhood where, you know, I'm hiring, um, I don't know, LaSalle's cleaners to come in and clean my carpets, not cleaning my carpets myself, if that makes any sense. Like, it's yeah. hard to explain, but you certainly don't want to look like a chain gang. And, and I'm not saying that that's what it is. It's I know that that sounds very extreme, but like incentivizing the, a majority black community to get on their hands and knees and start cleaning in the yards is you know what I mean? Does that make sense? No, com completely. Um, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, and this is part of what I did some interviews with and I've talked about a, a bunch, even though it doesn't necessarily maybe affect our audience. And I talked about it on the air a lot too, like all the rental and mortgage assistance mm -hmm. that has come from government funding locally mm -hmm. over the last six months, like that's for those people. And mm -hmm. you're right. It would be great. Maybe instead of paying somebody a grand for their gun, hey, I'm going to give you a thousand dollar grant to fix up your house, and then Correct. You, you take a little bit of pride in your neighborhood. Because again, I get it. If you live in a shitty neighborhood, you might not want to fix it up. But if somebody can be the catalyst to help you do that, mm -hmm. and your neighbor's doing it, you know, you get people fixing up their own neighborhoods. And yeah. if I could throw a final thought out, I, I think Cardi and his cronies. I shouldn't say it that way because they, they're probably <laughs> decent people. They're all about like there's a there's been a there's been a narrative, a chorus of, well, what about the rest of the Toledo neighborhoods? Because downtown is about to probably peak and reach its 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 goal, its potential. Once you know, basically mm -hmm. like Ford Industry Square and the Convention Center are done, people are mm -hmm. like, well, what about the neighborhoods? Well, let me tell you how this works. If you fixed up. Somewhere I don't I can't name a neighborhood. Um, that's not going to have the positive halo effect that will come from downtown. 
because mm-hmm. downtown is a heartbeat. People live there, they work there, they go there. Um, and this has happened in every city. I saw it personally happen in Philadelphia and in Detroit, where the downtowns 20 years ago were fixed up. And then amazingly, over the ensuing two decades, it took time. Neighborhoods just outside of downtowns became places where I would never want to be caught dead at night, where you're paying $1,500 a month in rent to live, and there's not an ounce of crime. And these are multicultural neighborhoods. And that's what's going to happen. Um, That's what's going to happen now that downtown Toledo is is nearly finished. These other neighborhoods that people feel forgotten in will be taken care of. Just naturally, that's how this works. But that is also how gentrification happens. So it's going to be a it's going to be a fine line because like while there's there's apartment rentals for fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month in those neighborhoods, the home values are going up. So for those people that have lived in those neighborhoods forever and a day when nobody would dare walk through them, your property taxes are going to go up and it's going to make it to where you can't afford to live there anymore. Or you've got somebody knocking at your door trying to buy you out. Um, you're, 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 you're right. And we talk uh, about gentrification being a bad word or a worse word than it once was here often. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I Again, I'll use the example of Philadelphia. My dad my dad always says, shit crept up the boulevard. Um, <laughs> and so while Center City, Philadelphia is just an amazing place now and the neighborhoods in the periphery of that, which used to be violent and crime-ridden, are now gentrified and there's craft beer spots and condos. Mm-hmm. The people that used to live there got pushed out beyond that, but are still in Philadelphia. And that's just how it, there will always, unfortunately, be low income areas because there are low income people. And all we can try to do is fix the infrastructure and go, you know, mortgage assistance, rental assistance, job training, skills training. Right. Um, and hope that people take advantage of it. Because unfortunately, I mean, even if this was complete socialism, there would be people at the top, people in the middle, and people there at the will, bottom. Yeah. There, there might not yeah. be extremes, but there will be people like that. And within that is where we have problems with, you know, neighbors and crime. Like, crime will always be a thing. It always, always will be a thing. So Yeah, yeah. I am delighted you got your wedding dress. You know, I am as well. I'm a, The only thing that we were thinking about, like, you know, on the way home was it's like, well, do we want to go look at a couple others? Like, do we want to... There's some stores in Michigan that are exclusive to plus size. So do we want to go to that? I abs- I literally rang the bell and, you know, walked up to the counter to address p- purchasing the gown. And I said, hmm, this is my first day looking, literally my first day and my second store. So my only concern is, did I say yes too early? I right. didn't purchase it because it was some Thomas and I are going to discuss it tonight. And if we decide to get it, then I need to, de- we need to determine how we're going to pay for it. Um, like what? plan we're going to go with because I don't want to buy it outright if that makes any sense um you want to lease it no 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 I'm not going to lease it but I'll put a percentage down and then pay it over time so I'm not like you know taking a blow to our funds at the moment I have a question yeah uh do they do no interest they do okay good they do yeah they do um so that's uh, yeah the only thing is if they give me 10% off today only because it was my first appointment with them ever and I'm not in the system. So they're like, we'll give you 10% off today and 10% off of a $1,500 dress is kind of a decent amount of money. Sure. 
but um yeah so we'll we'll talk about it today and then that's the only thing that is like in my mind um where my sister-in-law and my mom all agreed we all thought the same thing we absolutely love the dress absolutely satisfied with it but do we want to go look at others just to make sure that we gave like dress shopping the time it deserved if that makes any sense if but you, yeah if you like it like if you like it, like if we're doing scale of one to 10, mm-hmm. um, if it's an eight, I say close up shop and take it. Cause you're going to make yourself mad and angry and paradox of choice with the it's, other stuff. It's certainly a nine and a half for me. Then like it's, it's high up there. Take it. Yeah. There's other things to worry about. And if you're hat come, you're completely happy. Um, worry about other things. Yeah. And then, um, and the, I don't think I told you, but that's an attachment that comes off in the picture. So I, it's a two, it's a twofer. It's a transformer. Yeah, it is. It's a transformer. Um, all right, we'll wrap up and I will, uh, I will text you later on. Okay. Bye. bye.